Wow, Sabatama. Okay. We're really Yitzhahara Sahara here. Um, okay, I don't, I don't want to stand in the way of progress. It was just, uh, oh, I, can't, I was not banking on that. I thought for sure. All right, okay. Good. All right, so we're up to Avafra Bionasan? Yeah. Okay, fine. So Avafra Bionasan, hold your base. Well, just remember again the topic of the Gemara, right? Right there, three lines up from the bottom. Yurchesma uh, Base. 18b. Yurchesma Base. Three lines are 18b, three lines up from the bottom. So let's just remember again the topic of our Gemara is what the dead are aware of, right? What do the dead know? The dead don't know. Stephen Rabbi Yonasan went ahead and retracted his position. The Rabbi Shon Bar Nachmani, I'm Rabbi Yonasan. How do we know that the dead speak with each other? They converse with each other. This is absolutely beautiful. So remember again, this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem said to him, this is the land that I have promised to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov Leymar, saying, so the Gemara says, "My Lamar." What, 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 what does that mean? Saying so, this is incredible. Gemara. Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu Moshe. Kadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe, "Moshe, you're going to die shortly. I'm going to die shortly." Lech Amar Lahem La Avram Liyitzchak Liyakov. Go and tell Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov the following: Shavua Shenishbati Lachem Kavar Kiamtia Libnechem. Go and tell Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov that the oath that I made to your children I have fulfilled. I fulfilled. So we'll say it's very beautiful. So again, when you leave this world, go and tell Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov that the oath I made to them regarding Eretz Yisrael that I would give it to the children, I fulfilled it. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, uh, top of your test, 19a. So it says, my hobby. So now both say, so obviously there's two things that's happening over here. So this is actually interesting. So the Gemara assumes now that if you think that the dead aren't aware, there's two things that that means. The lack of awareness is number one, they do not know what's happening in this world. And number two, in general, the dead just lack an awareness. They just lack a general awareness. So therefore the Gemara says over here, if the dead indeed lack a general awareness, then when Moshe Rabbeinu comes and tells them what happens, you know, that here I've given the land to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, it's not going to matter to them. Look at Rashi. It was actually interesting. Rashi says, Now what this Amin say is as follows. There is this concept that ultimately, again, the dead do have an awareness. What's the one thing they do have an awareness of? Ultimately, again, their bodies. Their bodies. This goes back to the Gemara of the two girls. Right? Remember again, the one who was wrapped up in the mat of reeds. So because her body was unable to decompose, therefore again, the soul was somewhat tethered to the body. So this idea that when we talk about the dead don't have an awareness, everyone agrees that the dead have some level of awareness, at least with the current state of their body. But, if they, but again, if you go out there, but then that would be all they have an awareness of. They don't have an awareness of what's happening in the world. And they don't even have an awareness in terms of like, just a higher state of cognition, of awareness. So therefore, if they don't have a state of awareness, then what good does it do for Moshe Rabbeinu to come and tell Avni Yitzchak and Yaakov that Eretz Yisrael has been given to their children? To which the Gemara says, If you think the dead are not aware, so ki amr my havi, then what good will it do for Moshe Rabbeinu to say anything to them? Ella, so the Gemara says, my, rather, what do you have to say? The dead are aware. 
aware that the dead are actually aware of what is happening in this world. I, if they're aware, So again, if the dead are aware, then what? Then what? Then why does Moshe Rabbeinu have to say anything to them that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given Klal Yisrael Eretz Yisrael? To which the Gemara says, It's actually very beautiful, so that the others, Avram Yisrael and Yaakov, should have a Karasatov to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the trusted shepherd who delivered the flock from Mitzrayim ultimately to the banks of the Jordan River. So therefore, again, Moshe Rabbeinu, you go and tell the Avos that I brought Kalal Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael, not because we need Moshe to inform the Avos of what's going on. The Avos know what's going on because the dead have an awareness, but rather the Avos should have a sense of gratitude to Moshe Rabbeinu for bringing Cloudy Yisrael this entire way. We'll say really, really an, an incredible, incredible idea. So how do we pass? Do the dead have awareness? The dead don't have awareness? One day we'll all find out, right? Halavai after 120? After 120? We'll find out. Well, we'll there are certain things I will say that we'll know when we know. You know, certain, certain things in general, I've spoken about this before, that the beauty of Yiddishkeit is that we are a very life-affirming, life-centric religion. That's why in general, like, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about death, a lot of stuff we don't know about the afterlife, a lot of things we don't know about the messianic era. Those are all things we absolutely believe in with all of our heart, right? I believe in all the Mahabal. believe in all the Mahabal, the world to come. What is it? No idea. I mean, we saw the Gemara says, right? Sadikim Yoshvim, Batarasim Berashem, the righteous sit, the crowns of their good deeds are on their head. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, what is it? What is it? I don't know. Why don't, why don't we know about it? If it's such a critical part of our faith, why don't we know? Why do we know? Because, I'm sorry? No, God could tell us. Cheshbarah put a pasuk in the Torah. Put a, put a parasha. Parashas olam haba. And just tell us what it's about. Do meseches olam haba. So first of all, take away the element of Bechira. Excellent. You also see, by the way, look at religions. Look at religions that have clear pictures and portraits about what the afterlife looks like. And look, and look at the death culture that it creates in those religions. So suddenly again, the goal of life becomes to escape this. Oh, because that, that, wow, wow. What, what's waiting for me over there? And you see this, and you see how death cultures, death cultures could drive people to do the most barbaric, terrible things because if I could just get out of this, get out of this and get to that. So Yiddishkeit by design, Yiddishkeit by design, I believe in all of these things, but the essence of my life is to maximize my talents. So I think I mentioned this before. Abshan Shalvarish brings down this idea. He says, I definitely mentioned this. He says, that's why you'll notice. He says, churches always have cemeteries attached to them. Shuls never have cemeteries. The only place you'll find shuls that have cemeteries often is in Europe. And that was an issue of land ownership. That sometimes Jewish communities were just given like land and they had to use everything for it. Why don't we attach generally cemeteries to our houses of worship? Because we are a life-affirming religion. Because at the end of the day, I believe in the world to come, but I'm not in a rush to get there. Not in a rush to get there. And I recognize that that's where I reap the benefits of the life that I lived here. So my goal is to maximize this life as much as I can. I will say, and again, just understand in general, this is also, it informs like even the way we approach end-of-life issues. Right? You know, one of the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous terms that's used, right, in the medical community is quality of life. Right? Quality of life. That, that people decide what, 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 what's, what's a good life, what's not a good life, this is worth living, it's not. Cheshbar, right? Halacha tells, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, we don't, can't even understand or imagine 
what life in this world is worth. I, but a person can't do this, I can't do that. Okay, that, that, that's true. That's true. But you don't know what the meaning of life is or even what a person could accomplish even when they're not communicative. Again, it doesn't mean that we do anything and everything all the time. But it's all, it's all tied into the same thing. When you are a life-centric religion, end-of-life issues are made in that context. Cemeteries are kept away from houses of worship because that's, we all end up there, but I'm not in a rush to get there. In any event, so do the dead know? Do the dead don't know? Instead of saying that one day we'll be dead and we'll find out, Mashiach should come, there'd be a resurrection of the dead. The dead will come back and tell us everything that went on, and Amir Sashem will be able to see Allah. I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. We'll see anyone who talks negatively about the dead. It's as if you're talking about a stone. If you're talking about a stone. Now, I will say now, Bapashos, what that means is that the dead are totally unaware, that are totally unaware, and therefore it doesn't matter. So you speak badly about dead people, whatever, whatever. It's like speaking about a rock. So some say that's because the dead are not aware. They don't know. So if you speak disparagingly about a dead person, they just don't know. Others say the dead are quite aware. But what? But what? They don't care. Also, by the way, sometimes there's a lot to be learned from the dead, right? Also, can you imagine if we adopted this same mindset and stopped caring so much about what people say? Right? How often does it happen that someone says something and like, I feel the need to respond. And then after I respond, what happens? You're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Right? It, doesn't, it just doesn't do anything. It didn't help. It didn't influence. It didn't have a positive impact. But why? Because sometimes we care so much about what other people think, what other people say. The Maila of the dead, I guess one of the things, once you reach dead kite, is you don't really care what other people, right? You're not keeping up with other people, right? right. There's no rat race anymore, right? You're not keeping up with anyone. And Lamaisa, again, and Lamaisa, you just don't really care what people have to say, which is quite, I'm sorry? Perspective. Perspective, Perspective absolutely. I'm sorry? Lashon Har is Asr, correct, correct, correct. It, they're not talking about it from the halachic perspective of the speaker. They're talking about it from the impact on the dead. Mm-hmm. Right, Rav raising a very good point. You are not allowed to speak Lashonar about someone who's dead. Right? But Lamaisa, the Gemara is talking about over here, what do the dead know the dead don't know? So the Gemara says a person goes in and speaks negatively about the dead. So others say it's like speaking about a rock. Either because A, they don't know, or because B, they don't care. All right. So the Gemara says, Ini, is that so? Vahamara Papa. Bose is a crazy story. Chad Ishtai Milsa Basre de Listen to this. There was a guy who was talking negatively about Mashmuel. Now Mashmuel had already died. Right. A guy was talking and trash talking Mashmuel. Right. After his death. Listen to this. Venafal Kanya Mitlala Ubaza La Arnika de And essentially, a beam fell down and split open his head. Split open his head. So we'll say, so what can you glean from this story? What can you glean from the story? Don't speak negatively about Marshmuel, even though he's dead. Right? That's so apparently our Zerba said, you can't say this is coincidence that the guy speaking negatively about Marshmuel and the beam falls down and hits him on the head. So obviously, obviously, again, that would seem to indicate that the dead are aware of what's being said about them. To which Mara says, maybe not. Shani well, this is very interesting. It's different. A Talmud Chacham is different. Talmud Chacham is different, Rabbi because remember, the covet of a Talmud Chacham 
the honor given to a Torah scholar is not his honor. It's honor that comes from Torah, which by extension is the honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it could very well be that when a person maligns Tamut Chacham, even after he's dead, that's ultimately like maligning the Ribono Shav Olam, and that, of course, comes with repercussions and ramifications. So perhaps that's ultimately, again, what caused the beam to fall. All right, incredible. If a person speaks negatively about a Tamut Chacham after his death, Nofil Gehenim. He goes to Gehenim. So again, so the power, the power, the destructive power of disparaging Tamidi Chachamim even after they're dead. Shenemar quotes over here the Pasik from Tehillim. The Pasik is Vahamitim Akalkolosum Yolichim Hashem Espalia Aven Shalom al Yisrael. So the Gemara says, Afilu Bishash Shalom al Yisrael. Even at a time, ultimately, again, where there's Shalom Yisrael, where there's good things going on for Kal Yisrael, Yolichim Hashem as Pali Baruch will take those who perform acts of iniquity, which is understood as speaking negatively about Tamadich Chachamim, to Gehenna. Incredible. Tana the Baby Shmuel. Imra, it was his beautiful Gemara. Imra Isa Tamad Chacham Sha'avar Avera Balayla. If you see a Tamad Chacham who committed an Avera at night, Al Taharer Acharav Bayom. Do not think negatively about him. By the next morning. Why? Shema asa tshuva. Because perhaps he already did tshuva. Shema sa'adaitcha. Maybe he did tshuva. Elevadai asa tshuva. He certainly did tshuva. Now, Bosei, this is actually really beautiful. See, Bosei, this, this is an incredible gemara. What, when we speak about a tamut chacham, it's just important. I know, I know everyone knows it, but it's very important to say it. When we speak about a tamut chacham, remember Chazal's understanding of a tamut chacham is not simply someone who is a repository of knowledge. Why? Well, say anyone could acquire knowledge. And we also know that just because you have a, a lot of knowledge, that doesn't mean what? Doesn't mean what? It doesn't mean you're a good person. It doesn't, there are many, many smart people who are very bad people. Right? Being smart and having a lot of knowledge does not make you righteous. The concept of a Tamad Chacham, I will say, is a person who has the knowledge, but also has the midos, also has the qualities, also has the characters. What the Gemara is introducing us is this, another idea. You know what it means to be a Tamad Chacham? To be a Tamad Chacham means to be the kind of person who owns your mistakes. What's the difference between a Tamad Chacham and a regular guy? Regular guy makes mistakes. And I will say, regular guy, we all know a regular guy, right? What does regular guy do when he makes mistakes? What does he do? What does he do? Excuses projects, assigns blame. It's never me. It's always someone else. Meanwhile, again, what does a Tamad Chacham do? A Tamad Chacham says, I messed up. I messed up. I'm a human being. I messed up. I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it and I'm going to fix it. I say, that's a Tamad Chacham. It's incredible. So the Gemara says, if you see a Tamad Chacham commit an Avera at night, just know by the next morning, he's done Shuvah. He's done Shuvah. Now, now, the incredible part about this is, not only does the Tamad Chacham own it and fix it, but what else? What does else the Gemara say? He does it what? There's an immediacy. So sometimes the great problem we have is, I know I'm going to fix it. When am I going to fix it? When am I going to fix it? When I get around to it. The greatness of a Tamad Chacham, I'll say, is he's willing to own it, and he's also willing to fix it and fix it now. So you see a Tamad Chacham commit an Avera at night, just know, by the next morning, he's fixed it already. So the Gimara says, This is very important. This is talking about ultimately, again, Averos that he would commit with his body. However, let's say you see a Tamad Chacham who was involved in some level of financial impropriety. I don't know, he stole money or something else. 
So again, you don't have to assume that he's about Shuvah, unless, of course, what? You actually know that he returned the money. In other words, I will say, I don't know, you see a Talmud Chacham speaking Lashon Hara. You see a Talmud Chacham doing something immoral. Right? People are people. We're all human beings. So Lamai said, just know, just know that a Talmud Chacham will own it, a Talmud Chacham will rectify it, and he will take care of it immediately. Immediately. But if he stole money or he somehow something, did something else with another person, just know that Lamaisi, you, you don't have to assume that he's about Shuba until you know that he did good by the other individual. Incredible. I'll say, what a, what a Gemara. What a Gemara. Definition of Tam Tchacham is not someone who is blameless or flawless. It's a person who owns his mistakes and ultimately, again, rectifies them as quickly as possible. Incredible. Let's go back there. Says Gemara. It's actually interesting case. There are 24 instances where Beisdin will go ahead and flog a person, or actually say not flog a person, excommunicate a person because they were disrespectful to the Rav, to the Talmud Chacham. 24 different, right? So if, if, you, if you go ahead and exhibit, if you exhibit a lack of Derech ultimately again to a Torah scholar, Ultimately, again, they'll excommunicate you. The Kula and Shalom Mishnah say, all of them are mentioned in the Mishnah. Amr Rebbe Lazar, Heicha. So this is great. Rebbe Lazar says, so this is Rabbi Shobon Levi making a statement, right? 24 instances will excommunicate a person for mistreating a Talmud Chacham. Rebbe Lazar says, no, where are they? Where could I find that? So Amr Tishkach, go and find it. Well, I say, that is a good Rebbe, right? The Rebbe says, you want to know where it is? Go and find it. I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to spoon feed it for you. He went and he found the following. Tlas, he went and he found three of them. What three? Mizalzal bin Tlas, a dying person who is disparaging of hand washing. Person who seeks negatively about Hamidicham after they died. And a magis daito klape maila, and a person who acts arrogantly. Ultimately, towards Cheshbarach. So, so we'll stop over here for tonight. We'll pick up Emir Hashem. So again, remember, these are only three out of the 24. So Emir Hashem, in tomorrow's night, sure, we'll begin to see the, we'll, 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 we'll expound on the first three, get into a few more after that. It's just around the Shir tomorrow night, 7.40 p.m. Or a, or a minor figure, there's a case of the person who was such righteous, and the body did not compose.